Developer served with two enforcement orders. Article by Elizabeth Lee. The developer of a massive warehouse in Tullow has been served with two enforcement orders by Carlow County Council after he surrounded a housing estate with spike-topped railings and a mound of clay that's almost the size of the residents' homes. Ned Nolan, who owns Carlow Warehousing Limited, has been served with the enforcement orders by the council, demanding that he remove the mound of clay known as a berm which surrounds the Link housing estate in Tullow as well as the railings. Residents are furious that their estate is surrounded by the giant clay rampart, which in some places is almost the height of their houses. They are also annoyed about the spiked railings that were used when Mr Nolan should have erected mesh-like fencing instead. Residents made official complaints to Carlow County Council two weeks ago when the railings were erected, but within days the mound of clay was also put up. The council first issued Mr Nolan with an order to take down the fence and, when the berm was installed, officials from the planning office inspected the site, leading to a second enforcement order being issued. The enforcement order states that the berm must be taken down in its entirety and built again in accordance with the planning permission, while the railings too must go and be replaced with the ones stipulated in the planning. Mr Nolan has to submit to the council an engineer's report that the berm is the right height and width in accordance with the planning permission. He also has to pay the council's costs and, if he doesn't comply with the orders, the council can enter the property and carry out the works itself within the next six months, with Mr Nolan shouldering the expense. Noel Floodgate, a spokesman for the residents, told the Nationalist that they're at their wits' end over it. The stress and anxiety has now turned to anger, he said. He also wants the CEO of Carlow County Council, Kathleen Houlihan, to visit the housing estate to see the extent of the impact that the works have had on the homes. When contacted by the Nationalist yesterday, Monday, Mr Nolan said he had no comment to make. Historic Milford Bridge closed for repairs to its damaged wall. Article by Elizabeth Lee. Milford Bridge is closed and traffic will be diverted for the rest of this week as a specialist construction company rebuilds part of its historic wall. The notoriously narrow bridge, which is also situated on a tricky bend, was badly damaged in mid-April when a tractor and trailer knocked down a section of its wall, including heavy granite capstones. The area is a popular spot for walkers and anglers, so it was fortunate that no one got hurt when the capstones and bricks plunged onto the bank below. A specialist company, Kerwin Masonry Services from Bunclody, is contracted to carry out the works which will involve retrieving the stonework from the bank below and rebuilding the wall. Jerry Crowley, Senior Executive Engineer with Carlow County Council, believes that the work will take about five days, starting yesterday, Monday the 10th of May. The bridge will be closed from 8am to 6pm and traffic will be diverted from Milford Cross to the R448 past the Arboretum Garden Centre and up to Tomard and Ballygowan. It is estimated that the repairs will cost in the region of €10,000. The bridge, although not suitable for heavy goods and agricultural vehicles, is often used as a shortcut across the barrow despite Carlow County Council erecting signs warning of its dangers. We've put up additional signage to advise lorries and long trailers not to go on to the bridge,
but one of the problems is that sat-navs often send drivers there as a shortcut. We have ongoing problems with them getting stuck there, Mr Crowley explained. Greg Piper brings home gold, article by Elizabeth Lee. Piper Colum Broderick has just scooped the Sean O'Rea the Gold Medal in a prestigious traditional music competition broadcast live on RTE Radio Nagaeltukta over the weekend. I'm grateful and humbled to have been selected as the winner because the standard of musicianship was so high, said Colum. The 22-year-old hails from Greg Cullen and is an All-Ireland winning Illan Piper. A past pupil of Presentation College Carlo, Colum is a member of the Carlo branch of Coltus Ciolthori Aaron. He was tutored by Kieran Summers and John Tuhi and continued to fine-tune his craft in workshops across the Trad network. Napibari Illan, an association that promotes pipe playing, recently gave Colum a set of Leo Rosum pipes made in 1936, which previously belonged to piping legends including Sean Reed, Willie Clancy and most recently Liam O'Flynn. It's an honour to be in possession of these historic pipes and this award will keep me motivated to keep playing them as best as I can. To win the Sean O'Rea the medal on them was really something special, continued Cullum. The Sean O'Rea the medal is created in solid silver and once the winners have been chosen each year, their names are then engraved on the bespoke medal which is then coated in gold. Cullum was also presented with €2,500 as part of his prize. Talk on elections in the revolutionary years, article by Michael Tracy. The elections that defined Carlo and Ireland during the revolutionary years are the subject of a talk to be hosted by Carlo Historical and Archaeological Society, CHAS. The lecture, delivered by Dr Elaine Callanan, takes place on the 19th of May at 8pm and is titled Elections and Propaganda in Ireland and Carlo, 1917-1921. Votes, Violence and Victory. The talk will explore the political and sometimes military rivalry between all the major parties and movements during Ireland's revolutionary years and there will be a strong focus on Carlo. This period saw the last all-island elections and competition between parties on rival ideas for independence was extensive. There was opposition between unionism and nationalism and within nationalism between old and new parties. The outcome of these elections altered the course of Irish history as the victors went on to dominate government across the island for the next 50 years. Dr Elaine Callanan is a lecturer in modern Irish history at Carlow College and has a particular interest in the Irish revolutionary era. Electioneering and propaganda in Ireland 1917-1921, Votes, Violence and Victory, Dublin 2020, is published by Four Courts Press. The talk will be streamed through www.carlohistorical.com. Carlow Military Museum is all set to reopen. Article by Michael Tracy. The County Carlow Military Museum is delighted to announce its reopening plans. On the 6th of June, the museum will welcome back old friends and new visitors. The museum took the opportunity during the lockdown of carrying out a much-needed refurbishment project, with displays being enhanced. 
Of the 4,500 exhibits the museum holds, many favourites will be back on show. Military items include a Timony armoured personnel carrier, a prototype made at Armour Salmon in Carlow, a 1798 original musket and pieces related to Patrick Mythen, who served for 30 years with the Royal Irish Rangers. In order to make up for lost time, the Military Museum will be putting on extra dates every Sunday between the 6th of June and the 7th of November from 2 to 5 p.m. The museum will also be open every Monday, Wednesday and Friday between the 7th of June and the 12th of November from 10 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. and 1.30 p.m. to 4 p.m. Face masks and social distancing will still be the order of the day. For information about opening times and tours, contact Paul Maguire on 87 IT students slept rough in aid of homelessness. Article by Michael Tracy. A group of hardy IT students braved the elements to sleep out in aid of homelessness recently. Seven students slept out in the GAA stand at the IT Carlow campus on Friday. So far, the event has raised just over €3,000 on GoFundMe for the Good Shepherd Centre in Kilkenny. Organiser Chris Rennick said, It was fairly wet and windy, but we got through it. We had a nice bit of shelter underneath the GAA stand. It gave the young people a fleeting glimpse of what being homeless is like, although the privileged position they had was not lost on them. You're just sleeping on hard ground, impossible to get comfortable. We were chatting away there and we were lucky we were together, had our phones and knew the next morning at 7am or 8am we'd be going home, going for showers, going to change into new clothes. Homeless people can't do that, said Chris. The other students who took part were Aaron Dunn, Barry Allen, James Kavanagh, Louise Marr, Sasha Servetia and Thomas Drury. The event is close to Chris's heart as he was good friends with Rory Gann a Tina Hinch man who was homeless and died around Christmas time 2018, aged 34. The pair met by chance in Carlow Town when Rory was homeless. Chris, who is a social care student originally from Navan, treated him like anybody else. They used to go to Subway and have a cup of tea or a sandwich and have a chat. Chris would have him over to his place. They talked about music and Rory's interest in astronomy. Rory would talk about his own struggles. That's why I wanted to do it. He died around Christmas and I wanted to do something for him and his family. It means so much to raise the money for a homeless charity, said Chris. He was the first close friend I had lost in life. The initial plan for the fundraiser was to hold it in January, but due to COVID-19 this was not possible. A bucket collection in December also raised €300 for the Good Shepherd Centre. People can still donate online for the cause until the end of May by going to GoFundMe.com and searching for Sleep Out for the Homeless. Hollywood star Rupert living in Parish of Burris. Article by Elizabeth Lee. Hollywood actor Rupert Everett is now living in County Carlow as he writes the fourth volume of his memoirs. The darling of both stage and screen, Rupert has starred in such films as The Madness of King George, My Best Friend's Wedding and The Happy Prince. He's known for his acerbic wit, 
so his three memoirs, Tainted Glory, Vanquished Years, and Red Carpet and Other Banana Skins, are full of encounters with people who influenced his life and career. He's now living in the parish of Burris, according to Hugo Jellett, the man behind the Burris Festival of Ideas and Writing. Rupert has agreed to take part in the literary festival, which has traditionally attracted national and international writers, novelists, rock stars, politicians and actors. The festival usually takes place in the historic Boris House, but due to COVID-19 restrictions, the literary shindig has been forced online. Rupert is just one of the many stars of stage, screen and page to grace the spring lineup of the festival. Tomorrow, Wednesday, Rupert will join fellow actor Simon Callow, where the duo will look back on their fabulous careers on stage and screen. Simon won the hearts of many with his appearance as John Hanna's partner in Four Weddings and a Funeral, while other notable film credits include A Room with a View and Shakespeare in Love. The duo are just two stars in a veritable galaxy of guests that will grace the spring series of the Burris House Festival. Novelist Margaret Atwood, who wrote The Handmaid's Tale and who has been a guest in Burris previously, will appear, as well as legendary music producer Brian Eno and artist Laurie Anderson. Tickets are available now on www.springseries.ie. Tullow Darkness Into Light beats rain and Covid to raise over €6,000. Article by Suzanne Penner Hope and solidarity triumphed over Covid and even the rain as Tullow Rugby Football Club held its socially distanced Darkness Into Light event last Saturday morning. The Tullow event raised in excess of €6,000 for Pieta House but perhaps more importantly, raised awareness and encouraged people to reach out and seek support if they need it. From 4.30am, participants in their own family pods greeted the sunlight as they walked the designated 2.5km route around the club's new 3D pitch, club grounds and onto adjoining lands. Darkness into light candles lined the entire route, adding enormously to the atmosphere. Even the miserable morning of persistent rain didn't dampen enthusiasm, with hopes high as people set off on the walk with their families. We are very happy with the way it went, considering the weather, said Robin Johnson, one of the organisers. The vast majority of people who had booked in turned up on the day. I would say 95% of people, so that was great, he added. The family groups set off on the walk every five minutes ensuring the Darkness Into Light event was fully COVID-compliant. There was an online option for people to donate, and that went very well. We also received donations on the day, and donations are still coming in, explained Robin. We would expect to have a little over €6,000 to donate to Pieta House. The huge work by volunteers from Tullow RFC to ensure the event was safe and well-organised was also commended. In fact, Sleep was in short supply for many on Friday night, with volunteers at the grounds from 3am to ensure that everything was in place for a safe, successful event. Weather fails to dampen the spirits in Carlow Darkness Walk. Article by Elizabeth Lee. It was wet, wet. It was the first year that it rained down on us like that, but we went along and did it anyway. It didn't dampen people's spirits at all. It was still a lovely event 
said Dolores O'Neill, chairperson of Carlo Darkness into Light. While in other years up to 2,000 people would gather together at St. Lawrence O'Toole's AC before walking a five-kilometre route through Carlow Town, on Saturday morning such a mass gathering wasn't permitted because of COVID-19 restrictions. The annual fundraiser for the suicide prevention charity Pieta House took a different form this year, with people walking with others in their own family or friend bubbles. As we walked through the town, we met pockets of people doing it. They were walking the usual route that we usually take, and the atmosphere was still lovely, Dolores said. There were darkness into light walks in Tullow and in Baltinglass, while in Bagnallstown a hardy cohort took to the River Barrow for a dawn swim. No one, no matter what event in County Carlow they took part in, could avoid getting soaked. Although Dolores has no firm tally of how much was raised in Carlow Town this year, the overall total countrywide was a staggering 7 million euro.